Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about the six types of love. So fun. Isn't that a cool topic? The six types of love. Yeah. And you guys know Tori and I by now, we don't hold ourselves as experts. We don't come up with all this stuff all on our own or whatever. Uh, we Our thoughts are our own. But I was reading a uh, an article by a guy, a philosopher named Roman. I don't even know how to say his last name. Kuznarik or something like that. Anyway, much smarter than me. And he was talking about the these six terms that the Greeks used to describe love. And as I was reading through it, I thought, man, all of these are so incredibly important. We need to talk about these on the podcast because the Greeks believed that you could grow in each of these. Oh, that's cool. And it could draw you close to people. So, of course, we want to relate that to marriage today. But before we do, What's I have... our song? You got yeah. a good one. And Jason yeah. said, we need an 80s song. We need yeah. to break it up with an 80s song. Okay. I kind of want to not tell you who it is. Okay. And then you guys tell me if you remember this, but I think the song came out in 1988. Okay, here you go. I feel like I should keep playing that. What a great song. It is a good one. Maybe it's the way you touch me with the warmth of your smile. Maybe it's the way you I forget the rest of it. Okay. So can you <laughs> guess can you guess who that is? Because that's one of the most classic 80s love songs of all time. Okay, it's when I'm when I'm with you by Sheriff. Sheriff. Sheriff is great. Go Google that. Or just put it on iTunes or whatever, Amazon Music, whatever you're Music of Choices, Spotify, and do When I'm With You by Sheriff, and look at the cover album, and look at the, look at Man, the hair. See. Look at the hair of those guys on that Oh, cover. wow. And then there's that a dude wearing- screams 80s. There's a dude wearing a black shirt with Z Cavarici gray pants, and David and I, we never had the money to get Z Cavaricis. We wanted some so bad, but they were those big, like MC Hammer looking pants, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the low crotch like MC Hammers. You, you kind of had to pull them up above your belly. It was really crazy. But I can't believe we dressed like that. Our kids think it's so cool that you like were. Yeah. You grew up in the 80s. It I is. was born in the 80s, so I don't I consider <laughs> myself more of a 90s kid. She's a 90s girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm 80s through and through. And but you can you can pass down your love for the 80s to your kids. Our kids now love 80s movies and mm-hmm. 80s music. Yeah, it's funny because my dad growing up always told me stories and I'm like, man, life was so much better when you were a kid like this. And then I, uh-huh. when I hear you telling stories, I can see my kids like, man, I wish we were, grew up in the 80s. But what's crazy is, I mean, I think that's true for anybody that grew up without technology. Yeah. We, we literally just had to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. Like you just had to find stuff to do. We played so much wiffle ball and you'd go to the movie theater and you, you made sure to show up 30 minutes before the movie so you could hang out in the lobby. And you stayed 30 minutes after the movie to hang out in the lobby because that's when you got to talk to right. your friends. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
And then you were just hoping that you could get a back row seat if you had your girlfriend that you could do a little smoochy. I never wanted to do that. Smoochy, smoochy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're talking about six types of love. Okay, let me let me start with the spiritual definition of love. Um, love is Jesus, <laughs> but it is true. Like if you think about it, love is a man. His name is Jesus, right? Uh, truth is the same man. His name is Jesus. So if you're all truthful but not loving, then you don't have Jesus. But if you're all loving and not truthful, then you don't have Jesus. So obviously we know that God is love. Mm -hmm. So if we need love in our life and we want to give love, we know it starts and ends with God, Mm -hmm. right? So Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit comes into our life, makes us loving and allows us to love people and then makes us lovable, right? Because God loves us. But now if I am going to put it into words, Dr. Tony Evans said, love is compassion with standards. And I love that. It's really good. It is. It's compassion with standards. Like you can't have one without the other. You've got to have compassion. Yeah. And then you have to have standards. Like mm-hmm. just imagine if I really felt passionate for Tori. I've got compassion for her. I feel affectionate toward her. But I'm not willing to submit to the rules of relationship, which would be I don't date other women. So just imagine how that would feel for her if I'm like, I'm going to go on a date tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your compassion feels like. If you're not honoring the rules, then that's not love. That's where we find ourselves in the culture today. Everybody's like, you know, love is love. You can right. love who you want. There's no standard. Yeah. In their mind, love is compassion. Right. There is no standard. Yeah. So you've got to have both. But now love is is not just compassion with standards. The angle we're going to go today, Tor, and I'm going to lead this so you ju- chime in whenever you want, is that love is also an expression. Mm. So we can express ourselves in a way that draws us close to our spouse and draws our spouse close to us. Okay. Cause love is what truly binds us to people mm. and it binds us to God, obviously. And the Greeks describe love in six different terms. So we're going to look at each one of these terms. I'm excited. And I think the first term might be my favorite in terms of marriage. I think I know what I think I know the, <laughs> the term you're about to use. Some of these you've heard, <laughs> some of these you've heard um, and several you have not. So again, I'm going off of um, this philosopher mm-hmm. that's a lot smarter than me. So I'm, I'm going with these words, and then Tori and I'll dive into each of them. First one, eros. That's erotic love. It's about sexual passion and desire. Okay? Now, what's interesting is the Greeks felt like this type of love is the love that controls you. Interesting. It's not love that you can control. Okay. You know that I, I fell madly in love. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're a victim of something that overtook you. Yeah. Right? That's right. eros love. Yeah. It's like like a fire, right? So it's good to have this in your relationship. Like a fire in the fireplace can heat your house up. Mm-hmm. But imagine if there were no boundaries around that fire. Burn your house down. Burn your house down. That's exactly right. So, so how do you get there? How can you foster eros love, which is erotic love, in your marriage? I just wrote down two things that I think are so powerful. It starts with appreciation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so appreciation is so so strong. Right. So if you've, if you guys know that you've, it's been a while and you guys haven't been intimate with each other or whatever, and say you're really busy and neither one of you are feeling it because that's what happens. I mean, you get busy, your libido drops, you're not really feeling sexual towards your spouse or whatever. You know, one of the things that will get you feeling that way? Appreciation. Appreciation. Right. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about this in our marriage retreat last week. Um, just the power of gratitude and how it releases chemicals in your body called dopamine and oxytocin. Yeah, exactly. And oxytocin is a bonding um, chemical. And so God made us this way. So it, it doesn't surprise me that 
that this would be something that would bring you into that kind of yeah. appreciation is. That's, that's exactly. So start with appreciation, but then step two for that, if you want to grow in erotic love, is imagination. Like imagine your spouse, like you guys, you've been married, right? You've had plenty of sexual and physical encounters with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Go back. Think about those things. Like let yourself think about those things because God wants you to think about those things. He does not want you to think about that outside of your relationship with any other human being, right? So it's imagination, appreciation. That's how you grow. Now, Mm -hmm. listen, you cannot let your Eros love grow into Eros lust, Mm -hmm. right? Here's the difference. Lust is about me and needs to be fulfilled now. This is how you can be married and operating in lust towards your spouse, you're not thinking about them sexually. You think about yourself. Mm. You need your fix and you need it now. That's lust. Mm-hmm. But love is about my spouse and is willing to wait. So lust is about me and needs it now. Mm. Love is about my spouse and is willing to wait. And not just wait, but also be patient. Right. You know, lovemaking, it, it t- goes to another level when you're thinking of your spouse and not thinking of yourself. Okay. And then if your spouse is doing that, then it can go to a whole different level. So mm-hmm. this is what you want. So that's, that's Eros love. Okay, that's that's um, type number one. The second facet of love is philia love. That's deep friendship. Mm. This is all about um, deep friendship. Now, the, the philia love, P-H-I-L-I-A, um, c- comes from a Greek term that talks about deep friendship that develops between brothers in arms, mm. like people in battle who had fought side by side on the battlefield. Wow. So it's talking about basically like band of brothers yeah. type thing. Like we yeah. got into a battle. You know, we didn't even know each other, but then we started fighting side by side with each other. Next thing you know, we come out on the other side of that. We're like bosom buddies. Yeah. Right. This filet of love isn't just being pals. It's about uniting in battle, Mm. fighting together. That's why Tori and I wrote our book, Mm -hmm. Beauty in Battle, Winning in Marriage by Waging a War. When you fight together, it draws you together. So that's a very powerful aspect of love. But filet also has that friendship. It's a side to it component. It's it's about loyalty. It's about sacrifice. It's about sharing emotions. Mm. So the question is, what can you do in your relationship to become better friends? Tor, what would you do if you wanted to become friends with somebody? Spend more time with them. Yeah. Doing what? Shared activities. Shared activities, yeah. yeah. Finding mm-hmm. something that both of you right. would like to do, and you do it. Yeah. It's not like... Hey, I want to go to a race, you know, like a NASCAR race. And the person's like, Ooh, I hate that. You're like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you don't do that. You're like, okay, so you don't like race. Well, what do you like? Well, mm-hmm. I, I like football. You're like, well, I don't like football. And they say, well, I like basketball. You're like, Oh, I like basketball. Okay. So basketball it is. Yeah. Let's go to a basketball game. You see, yeah. that's what Philea does. It's like, we want to grow in our deep friendship. Now I can mm-hmm. tell you this couples who don't have shared activity, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they don't have as deep of intimacy. Yeah. And sad to say, a lot of them don't even last. Mm. And we've seen this happen with couples that we've counseled and, and, I, and I hate it. But if you don't have shared activity and you're willing to get outside yourself and go and, and find some things that you guys can do together, it's very difficult Yeah, to experience and it, true and it, intimacy. It means that you have to be open to some new things, right? Like, Yeah, that's true. You know, for us with CrossFit, I wasn't really open to that at the beginning, but I got into it and I actually love it. Yeah. But it took some time before I loved it. You should have seen Tori wrapping out her deadlifts today. It was incredible. Yeah. You know? well, 10 straight deadlifts. Went a little light today, so I could go. You probably were like, wow, she's going really fast, but I was doing like half the weight. You're lightweight. <laughs> okay, so that's philea love. Okay, third 
facet of love. Mm-hmm. Um, third word for love by the Greeks, ludus, L-U-D-U-S. You know what this is? This is playful. And I love this because the word itself actually describes playful action between children, but the Greeks use it in terms of love um, because it's all about laughing with each other, playing with each other, and flirting. I like that. You know, like when you first started dating, mm-hmm. you flirted with each other. What is flirting? It's using little humor jabs, little, you know, kind of fun picking on each other, just doing little things that's flirty. And when we date, it's natural to do that. But yeah. then when you get married, you stop flirting. Mm-hmm. You don't need to stop flirting. You got to keep flirting. Yeah, that's good. Pick some of the things that frustrate you guys about each other, you know, that could easily frustrate you guys about each other. Wrap some humor around it mm-hmm. and let that be a flirt. You know, I called Tori the other day and I said, hey, there's a cucumber in here that I see. And I think it's, it, it might've come from the, I forget exactly how I said it, but it was like, it is very old. How about you put that on your salad tonight? <laughs> you know? She just busts out laughing. She's like, why don't you put it on your salad? You know, like little things like that, you know, with spouses, it's fun. It's flirty, you know, right? <laughs> no, I love it. That was not so just, much. That was a great, just on the top of your head, but I don't think it was our best one. It wasn't week. our best one. Okay. Well, you, you picked the best one. I can't think of one, but okay, not on the spot. That wasn't that flirty. No, but good try. You guys get you get where he's going. Yeah, it's endearing. It's like <laughs> I love you. You're cute. I want to say something because you're fun. You know, we're not going to bring you into our real flirting, guys. Can't do it. Sorry. Start call, right. Start calling her those we little cute, names. We flirt over cucumbers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No PDA. Okay, so that's loose. It's playful. Like you really do need to be playful with each other. It's very important. Don't be so serious. That's like Joker. On Batman, why so serious? <laughs> that was pretty good. I got to admit. That actually was dead on. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. All right. Fourth fourth aspect of love. This is one everybody's heard of, agape. Mm. Agape is selfless love. Um, and specifically, it's selfless love for everyone. Not just your spouse, but it's everyone. It's like you're a loving person. The um, greatest show of agape love in the history of the world is John 3.16. Mm. For God so love the world Mm -hmm. that he gave, right? So C.S. Lewis referred to agape love as gift love. It's the highest form of love. Mm. The highest form of love is gift love where you give of yourself. Um, And what it's cool is that agape was later translated by the Greeks, um, actually by the Latins, but, but translated from Greek into Latin as caritas, which is the origin for our word charity. Oh, okay. Which basically means that I have a heart for people. Yeah. Right? That's agape love. Mm-hmm. It's a giving love. Yeah. So figure out a way that you can give to your spouse today with nothing in return. Or as Tori and I say, NSA. No, no strings, strings atta- attached. How about I rub that knot out of your shoulder? No strings attached. I'm not going anywhere with it. Of course, then as any good husband would say, unless you want to, because <laughs> then I'm available. Right? So that's agape love. Okay. Number five. Um, this is an interesting one. Pragma, pragma love, P-R-A-G-M-A, pragma love. That's longstanding love. And this is a, this is the facet of love that's mature, realistic. Okay. And it's commonly found along, uh, amongst long lasting couples, like couples who have been married for a long time. Okay. Kind of like us, almost 23 years now. Um, it's about, pragma is all about making compromises to help the relationship work over time. Mm-hmm. And showing patience, tolerance. Uh, the psychoanalyst Eric Fromm, if you ever took psychology class in college, you heard of Eric Fromm. 
I don't know that I don't know that he's a believer or anything like that, but he uh, said we expend way too much energy falling in love and need to learn more how to stand in love. Mm. Wow, that's where the choice comes in. Yeah, pragma is the husband and wife standing at the altar. Actually, the the, the engaged couple standing at the altar, exchanging their vows in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, till death do we part, I choose you. That's pragma. Wow, that's really good. It's a choice. It makes me think of, I I heard Brene Brown say one time um, that marriage is not 50-50 because there are times where I don't have 50% to give, but that's when your spouse comes in and says, I got your back. Yeah, I can carry the extra load today because I'm in this with you. And then, you know, another day it's going to turn, it's going to be the opposite. And it's like, I, you know, I'm coming at you with 20% a day. Yeah. You're like, okay, you know what? That's all right. I'm here for you. I can, I can pick up the extra slack. Yeah. And then there are times where you're both depleted and you're just open about it. And you're like, we both are, you know, we don't have a whole lot to give, but Let's I love you. Let's watch You love together. me. <laughs> and we're, yeah. we're going to figure this out. We're not going to be unkind to one another because of the stress we're under. We're yeah. not going to be. Um, we're still going to choose each other, even at the level of energy that we have. Yeah, that's good. And and I heard, I forget where I heard it. Marriage is not 50-50, it's 100-100, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that's really strong. Uh, pragma is about standing in love, which is making an effort to give love rather than just receive it. Mm. So I choose, regardless of what my emotions might be feeling right now, I choose you. I choose to believe the best in you. Like I choose to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I choose to trust you like those things. Yeah. Like you're loved, you're understood, you're accepted. All of those things are choices. Mm -hmm. So I'm choosing you. That's pragma. That's pragma love. And then the last one, I don't know exactly how to say it, but it's philousia, P-H-I-L-A-U-T-I-A, philousia, which is honestly self-love. Okay. You wouldn't think. Mm. That an aspect of love in marriage is self-love. But what's the second greatest commandment? You know, we know the first greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. And the second, love your neighbor. As yourself. As yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people forget about that part. It's like, oh, yeah, we got to love other people. Okay. No, no, no. You're not going to love other people unless you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? So God knows that how we love ourselves will determine how we love others. Wow. Um, who was it that says that said um, Aristotle? All friendly feelings for others are an extension of a man's feeling for himself, mm. which is so true. Now, there's two types of self-love. One's bad, one's good. The bad is self-obsessed. Right. The good is self-sacrificing. Mm. So the bad, self-obsessed, it's what leads to narcissism, where you're thinking of yourself on a consistent basis, and you're not thinking of others, right. and you end up in narcissism. Yeah. Right. If you don't control that mm-hmm. selfishness, you end up a narcissist where it's always just about you. Yeah. It's like every thought goes through the grid of you. Yeah. It's like, oh, how does this relate to me? Yeah. It's like, we're not talking about you right now. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, so that's self-obsessed. But the second self-love is self-sacrificing. This is mm. the good kind. This is where you take care of yourself so well. And the reason you do that is so you can give yourself to mm-hmm. others. Right. Why Why do I have such this this such strong desire to eat healthy, like mm-hmm. not to put corn syrup in my body yeah, to exercise and all that. Cause I want to be 90 years old, celebrating my 65th wedding anniversary with Tori surrounded by our kids and grandkids and great grandkids and great, great grandkids. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. want to be here for that. Yep. 
well, then you have to make some sacrifices for mm-hmm. that, right? So, you, and it's like, I respect, we, what, the goal is to respect your body so much to yeah. where you won't put poison in it. Right. And corn syrup is poison. Right. And there's a lot of other things too. Um, it, you know, unless that corn syrup is in chocolate chip ice cream. And you then don't it, really know fine. about it. You didn't. Then you don't even. Yeah. yeah. So whenever I go to Cold Stone Creamery, just forget everything I just said. Okay. Um, yeah, so, but I think with self-love, it's rooted in Christ's love. Like you yeah. cannot love yourself unless you've been loved by God. That's a good point because that's right. exactly where I was going. Right. Like you have to be open to the way that he loves you and to his love for you mm-hmm. in order. You have to be in a position to receive from him his love in order for you to experience love for yourself. You're like, God yeah. made me, therefore I love the way God made me. Yeah, that's you know? good. And you always talk about like the I am statements, mm. how important it is when you're talking about yourself, your I am represents God and yeah. he's inside that's of us. That's his name. Right. And so I am lovely. I am capable. I am able. I am patient. I like these things are inside of me. Because God loves me and he's empowered me. And so I can respect myself. Yeah, that is so true. You know, Satan throws accus- accusatory thoughts into your mind all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's accusing two people. One, he's accusing you to yourself. Right. And the other, he's accusing other people. So don't agree with the accuser. Yeah. He's going to accuse you against yourself. And he's going to try to convince you that you're terrible at things. And mm-hmm. nobody likes you and all sorts of crazy stuff. I am not. The minute you say, I am not, you have invoked the I am, which is God's name, and you placed a negative after it. And when you do that, you give that thing power yeah. in your life. Like, don't do that. Yeah. And now all the neuroscience is coming out showing us the power of the brain. The, the, what you think about can either make you sick, it can physically hurt your body, or it can heal you. Yeah. So, and, and these are all ways that God can heal people. So... Knowing you're loved is the foundation for loving yourself. Mm-hmm. So God said to Jesus when Jesus was came up out of the, uh, when he was baptized in the Jordan River, came up out of the water, and God said specifically, I love you. No, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He said, you're mine. I love you. I like you. Mm. So God is saying that to you right now as you're listening to this. Yep. You're his. He loves you and he likes you. Mm. Now you need to like yourself. You need to accept mm-hmm. yourself and you need to love yourself so that you can be loving. And that is what Philousia mm-hmm. love is. Okay. So that's, that's our six arrows. So good. Philia, mm-hmm. Ludus, Agape, Pragma, and Philousia. We can grow in each one of these. The message of the Greeks is that you need to nurture the varieties of love and tap into its many sources. Don't just seek Eros, mm. but cultivate Philia by spending more time with, with your spouse Develop Ludus by dancing the night away. Mm. Develop these things with your spouse. Start flirting. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. There's six aspects of love and we can grow in it. I love it. That was so good. Um, thanks for researching that. That was really all helpful. <laughs> My pleasure, Tor. <laughs> okay, going to share a recipe with you guys, one that we tried this la- this past week. Um, and it's from Half-Baked Harvest. So I'm borrowing this one. It's and half-baked. I kind of want to tweak it in some ways because um, I think... The, the magic um, ingredient here is the gar- is the Greek yogurt. Um, but it, the name of the recipe is one pan lemon pepper yogurt chicken and rice by half bake harvest. Well, that's a mouthful. Yeah, it is a mouthful. but it I love it because it's it was super easy. It's one pan. I love those. So one one pan to clean up. Okay. 
And it was just so simple. You basically just marinate chicken thighs in, um, in a Greek yogurt, um, concoction. It's like Greek yogurt, lemon zest, garlic, oregano, just a bunch of spices, right? So you marinate that overnight. And then all you do the next day, this was a dream dinner guys. And everyone liked it. So that's why I'm sharing it with you guys. I've done many of these easy ones that everyone's like, uh, gag, but this one was good. (laughs) So you take a a sheet or not a sheet. I did like a nine by 13 pan and you put in your rice, dry rice. And then you put, um, some broccoli, just some raw broccoli. I did like, I actually doubled the recipe, but for one sheet would be like a head of broccoli. And then, your chicken thighs that have been marinating overnight, put that on top of that and pour water on top, bake it for like 45 minutes at 400. It's so easy. It is. And it was so good. It and was what, this is good. what I loved about it. And this is why I want to like try different spices to go with it to kind of see what our family likes best. Cause this was kind of very much like a Mediterranean flavor, um, which I love, but and the kids loved it, but they don't typically love those flavors. So I want to try some other ones too. But what I loved so much about it and what everyone loved about it is it almost tasted like it was breaded chicken from the Greek right. yogurt. Uh-huh. Like the Greek yogurt gave it almost like a little a, bit of a crisp, a little crisp um, on the outside, which was, good. was so good. So anyways, you guys should try it out. Half-baked harvest, one pan, lemon, pepper, yogurt, chicken, rice. Oh, that's a mouthful, yeah. but it was, but you got it your, was a mouthful you, and a mouthful. Pardon the pun. Yeah, is that a pun? No, I didn't. Even I don't mean know it. what it, it was. Just awesome, <laughs> straight awesome. Um, but um, you got your protein, your vegetables, and your carbs. I did actually did brown rice because it doesn't spike your insulin. Another, no, another podcast with carbs later. Anyways, I just felt like it was like a perfect balanced healthy meal. Super easy. A perfect balanced meal, gang. And we love you. And six types of love. I can't pronounce any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me neither. But nobody <laughs> knew that. <laughs> All right. Hey, if you haven't taken our five day challenge, take it. Go to beautyandbattle.com and uh, hang we'll out see, with us. Yes. Until we'll see next you guys time. See soon. See you next week. Bye bye.